This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Last episode on Dark Dunedin. I haven't been taken on a drive in ages. You get taxis. Not the same. Not like a day in the country. Easter picnics, crisp air, a hike, hot cross buns, still warm from being wrapped in tea towels, <laughs> the pop, pop, bang, bang of bunny hunts in the distance. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, 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 bang! Oh, it should have been safe here. It's one ring, and I'm really not in the mood for the sentimental show right now. I want it! Oh, whatever happened to all publicity is good publicity. Ah, sell some paintings. I haven't done that in years. You've got to leverage this, Louise. I'm not really the sort who leverages tragedy. Dark Dunedin Season 2, Episode 3, Going Country. Sarah's dropped off an old shirt box containing photos from my family's past. Not an album created by my mother. Instead... A stash of snaps in a box that once would have held one of my father's business shirts, tailored and pressed for church or work. The photos haven't been ordered in any particular way, and dust floats out with each image. A linty patina on sepia and kodachrome. In one, there's a boy with a fishing rod by a river high in the mountains. He stands in a halo of amber light, crested under a fresh blue sky. The boy wears terry cloth shorts and polo shirt, purple with cherry stains. Toes marbled from being dipped in alpine water. Another image is in black and white, and it's from a dress rehearsal at a theatre. In the picture, two young women wearing long dresses stand in front of French doors, which open to the Urals. The Urals are painted on a canvas flat, and this layer of paint covers a midsummer forest, and beneath that layer is a 19th century Norwegian kitchen. The young women in the photo face each other, and you can just make out that each is wearing a cameo ring. You can't tell because the photo's in black and white, but the woman on the left with red hair is my mother. A third woman, her face obscured, is paused in passing between the French doors and the canvas flat. She's both leaving and prevented from ever doing so in the image. Another photo in the box is of a man and a young girl, presumably his daughter, if you didn't know. They sit in a wooden porch seat, as one expects to see in Massachusetts. He has one arm around her shoulder, and in his other hand he holds what looks like a small doll's house. On closer look you can see that it's a marquette for a theatre set he's made from bass wood and cardboard. The marquette is a miniature of the theatre scene in the previous black and white photo. In this picture, the small girl clutches the man's wrist with the intensity of a child not ready to let go, for if she does, she might fade and vanish. The man is my father, Anthony, but the girl is not me. Oh, Oh, 
You don't see me, but I see you. I am Louise Hepburn, an invisible woman in the Edinburgh of the South. You shun the watchers until you need to break open our memory banks. This is a story about my Dunedin, Ortipoti, the place of the steep points at the bottom of the world. Someone else would tell the story differently, but this is my story. Hell breathes as heaven looks on. Winded cups stop having handles. Will there be no bowls next? Will we have to drink lattes from saucers or our bare cupped hands? This is how it ends. And when will this fashion for kids drinking froth end? Dad, do you know the story of Punzel? Punzel? No, you tell me. Please don't. Punzel lived in a tower. Rapunzel. Where's Fenella when you need her? How did she get in the tower? Dame Gothel put her there. Why? Um... Because her parents were thieves. Excuse me? Rapunzel's parents stole from the dame's garden, so she took their kid and locked her in the tower. And then the prince saves her. No, he doesn't. Hey, could you let Simeon tell the story? He doesn't know the story. He's telling his version. A sanitised version? What's a sanitised? It's when everything is glossed over and pretended to be beautiful and nice when it isn't. So you don't learn anything. You're denied all those hard, valuable truths that help you survive this cruel, cold world. Are you a witch? Okay, Sim. We're gonna go. Dame Gothel realises what Rapunzel is up to. She cuts off her hair, pretends to be Rapunzel, and tricks the prince into thinking he's saving her. Then what happens? Gothel shoves the prince off the window ledge and he falls down into a rose bush and thorns stab him in both eyes, blinding him. Ouch. Yeah. Thanks a lot, lady. It's a salutary story for what happens when you end up where you're not supposed to be. You should have seen what she was wearing. Genuine. Totally genuine. They do a spree on Bond Street at least once a year. Her brother-in-law was a client when we had the upholstery... <clears throat> oh, someone's here. I've got to go. OK, see you, bye. Can I help you? Is Jean here? Jean? This is her gallery. Oh, Jean's retired. My husband and I bought the business off her last year. You obviously haven't been here for a while. Are you on our mailing list? I was at the opening on Monday night. Stacey's? Yes. Oh, my God. Isn't she remarkable? Remarkable. So, you're looking at investing in some pieces? Actually, I'm an artist. Would I know you? I don't know. Would you? Ever had anything shown? I have, here. Back in Jean's day? Well, it was my day too. <laughs> we do have people come in here looking for the older stuff occasionally, but to be honest, there's only so much we can keep in stock if it's not turning over. What's your medium? Acrylics. Okay. Abstract. Right. I was compared to Lee Krasner once. What about landscapes? I do abstracts. What about photography? I'm not a photographer. If you've got an eye. I don't have any equipment. There are sales all the time. Well, I wouldn't know how to use it. There's loads of courses online. (laughs) Everything's online or digital nowadays. This isn't? What? All this. Well, no. But it's very high-end. 
Look, you could open an Etsy store and see how you go selling your stuff there. Uh, uh, what store? It's an online marketplace. Sell my stuff online? You don't have to use Etsy. There's loads of different ones. It's about finding the best match for you and your product. Have you seen these? Those? They are by a Japanese artist, and I'll tell you his name, but oh, it's in our online catalogue. Aren't they stunning? They're paperweights. Very remarkable paperweights. See how the light goes through them? Like a prism. Prism, that's the word I was trying to remember. <laughs> Who weights their paper anymore with everything being digital or online? Hmm. You should seriously think about taking photos of landscapes. The Mania Toto. Oh, because the Mania Toto hasn't been done before. It sells. And we have an international delivery service. Or I could just get some schist rocks from the Mania Toto and you could sell them for me as paperweights. Right. Well, you know where to find us when you decide what you want to do. You, you must have run here. I've got a car. Have you? Did you find the ring? No, but you're welcome for the photos. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Look at this one. What about it? Do you know who this girl is with, with Dad? Oh, that's well before I met you or Richard. Well, that's not a house I know. OK, I don't know. It looks like it's in another country. Well, speaking of houses... You're not selling. I'm still selling. But first I need to visit another residence in the Hepburn portfolio to get something. What? The Alpha. Richard's car? It's not his car. It's leased. And he hasn't made any payments in six months. Well, what's that got to do with me? I need you to drive me to the crib so I can get the car and bring it back. Why would I do that? Because there's no one else I can ask. You're now the only person I can ask in this town. When? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's Good Friday. You going to church? Richard's going to be pissed off. I don't He's wanna... relinquished his pissed off rights, along with any sense or notion of responsibility. All right. Tomorrow, we head for the hills to repossess my brother's Italian sports alpha sprout. The road trip was a chance of getting out of town, even for only a few hours. A chance to shift some attitudes and perspectives, to take in the money at Toto and see if it could offer up inspiration for some on-plane-air painting or photography. A chance for Sarah and me to have a common goal. A mission to unite us. My rental car is a manual, which has made my relearning testy, but it's also a chance to revisit the driving jaunts of my youth, when gears were grouchy and the clutch unpredictable, when Richard and I would play mixed cassette tapes and eat hot pies as we hurtled to the little stone cottage at Pyro. One time, against our parents' instructions, we took the shortcut over the old Dunstan Road. The Vauxhall shuddered and skidded along the gravel, which isn't an option today. It's closed due to early snow that's meringued the Lamellor Ranges. 
The late autumn light is sharp as we leave the Taeri Plains and climb towards Lee Stream. Beside me, Sarah has her sunglasses pushed back on her head as she scans legal papers on her lap. After we pass Clark's Junction, she swivels and stashes the bundle of documents on the back seat, pulls her sunglasses down on her nose and reclines the passenger seat for a doze. Maybe she's dreaming of her many cruises along this road over the years, with her husband at the wheel and her two boys squabbling or giggling or guessing I spies in the back seat. I spy with my little eye, as if a caravan, a collie herding sheep, rose hips for jam, a road precariously steep. We sail the curving asphalt aisle between schist altars and the reddish tussock grass that gave the Mania Toto its name. Above and in front of the car, two magpies dance a duel. We're sluicing down into Sutton when suddenly the car lifts. It's airborne. I'm remembering a song on one of Richard's cassette tapes, something about falling and tumbling and turmoil, bouncing and being blown apart. The tinny dented car is spinning and Sarah is screaming and I'm remembering another song from another tape that spun around the spools in the player in the dashboard of another car years ago. The dashboard's vinyl surface cracked from too much sun and splattered with crimson stains from jelly tip ice cream. An ice cream that has been imagined into a microphone for singing from the top of our lungs. Free, falling, gliding, names in the sky, fall out into nothing, leave this world for a while. Dark Dunedin is a production of Prospect Park, New Zealand, based in Ōtipoti, the Edinburgh of the South. All episodes are written and directed by Emily Duncan, produced by H.J. Kilkelly, and recorded at Otago Access Radio. Dominic Angelo Lololi is the technician, and original music is by Marama Grant. Original artwork by Jess Newton. The actors in this episode are Julie Edwards as Louise Hepburn, Dimitri Latin as Simeon, Reese Latin as Simeon's dad, Harriet Moyer as the art gallery owner, and Marama Grant as Sarah. Dark Dunedin was produced with support from Creative New Zealand, Dunedin City Council, Archive Birds New Zealand, and Dunedin UNESCO City of Literature. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.